This brand new episode of Yodes. I've truly been honoured to be captain of this football club and represent you fans on the football pitch. While there will always be some frustrations and regrets along this long 12 year journey, when it all comes to an end, all that will happen is positive memories, great memories from goals to games to just being able to walk out in front of all you guys on a, on a match day. Troy Deeney says goodbye to Watford Football Club and Watford fans everywhere as he leaves after 12 years of service to the club during the course of 11 seasons. This edition of the Yuans podcast is focused on Troy Deeney. The moments, the memories, and a career of leadership at Watford Football Club. Plus, a focus also later on the transfer window for the summer for Watford and evaluating how the club did. That's all coming up on this brand new episode of Yodes. Welcome to this brand new episode of Yuans. I'm Omar Moore. We all knew as Watford fans that this day would come. Troy Deeney, leaving Watford Football Club after an excellent career at Vicarage Road. 11 seasons over the course of 12 years, Troy Deeney in a Watford shirt gave 110% effort, whether injured, whether healthy, whether up or down. He never stopped working for the club, on the pitch and off the pitch, putting smiles on people's faces, being a leader, even when he wasn't captain. It sounded like something that was destined for something for all of us to be proud of, for someone to be honest and open about who he was as a person, his strengths and his weaknesses, and the things that made him tick. Troy Deeney is one of us, and somebody who will forever leave his mark at Vicarage Road, as someone who cared about the fans, cared about football, cared about people and cared about the community he came from. He never failed to make trips to people in need. He never failed to devote time to others. Once at Watford, that was one of the missions of his career here. One of the things that I will always remember about Troy during his time at Watford Football Club was the time he gave to so many other people. Never mind his own rituals of extreme hard work, focus and commitment to physical fitness, to nutrition and to keeping himself game ready. It was the things he did off the field 
that for me stand out tremendously. The time he gave to so many hundreds and thousands of people over 12 years. Visiting people, going over and giving away parts of his kit to people, his shirt, his boots, his captain's armband. That was Troy Deeney, and he did it win, lose, or draw. Home and away. Troy Deeney is one of the old schoolers. A throwback to the time in English football where tackles went flying in, physicality was all the rage, and non-stop full-throttle effort was required and absolutely exhibited from 1 through 11. We seem to have less of those types of players now, but what Troy Deeney was at Watford Football Club was a personality and a character, but someone rooted in genuineness, honesty, passion, commitment, strength, leadership, skill, intelligence, and 110% relentless, relentless devotion to the game and to the fans. When fans would criticize him, Troy would be open and honest with the fans. When fans loved him, Troy would be open and honest with the fans. He took things in stride. He had his struggles. He had his ups as well. He was a person who was very open about his struggles from the past. And those struggles and his rise to overcome them have made him a better person and made him the person he is today. I remember meeting Troy Deeney on a couple of occasions during his time at Watford. Most recently in 2019 at the Watford End of Season Awards. And then, previous to that, back in 2017 at Vicarage Road. On both occasions, Troy gave of his time, was gracious and generous, and was also patient. And he did this with so many other people. I took pictures with him, I spoke to him briefly, and he was as wonderful and as open and honest as ever. And he was kind, and he was someone who was very approachable. He never put on airs, he never thought of himself as being better than anybody else. He was a regular guy. In fact, that's what he called himself. When I walked up to him and said, Sir, Mr. Deeney, I would like to have a picture of you. Could I have a picture of you, please? He said, don't call me, sir. Don't call me Mr. Deeney. Only my grandfather calls me that. <laughs> and that was Troy Deeney. And then I started to call him Troy. It's almost as if I did so apologetically. But it was my measure of respect for Troy that I did call him Mr. Deeney. Not only because I respect him as a person, and that's what I do with people I don't necessarily know who are in the public eye, but because his leadership and his personification of excellence and commitment demanded and commanded that kind of respect. 
And since respect these days seems to be in very low supply in many different areas and realms across this world, it certainly seemed fitting, at the very least, to approach Troy on that night at the Watford end-of-season awards dinner with that kind of respect. At that point, Troy had been with the club just about 10 years, if not more. And how can you not go up to Troy and at least say that to him, Mr. Deeney? Well, he had a joke of it, and I had a joke of it and laughed as well. It was funny, but one of the things that Troy makes you feel like is like a regular Joe, a regular Joanna, a regular person. He puts you at ease, and he talked to you as if he had known you for a long time. At least that was my experience with him in the few brief minutes I got to engage with him. Watford Football Club is going to miss that kind of person at Vicarage Road. And there are some good people at Watford, many good people in fact, certainly in the team and behind the scenes. But the kind of person that Troy Deeney is, is not someone you see every day in football or in life in general. Troy Deeney is the kind of person who would give you the shirt off his back, literally. And as I said earlier, he did that so often during the 12 years he was at Vicarage Road. I really do think a statue and a stand should be named in honour of Troy Deeney for his years of service at Watford. And certainly I do hope that if the board and the owner, Gino Pozzo, happen to be listening to this particular podcast episode of Yawns, that they really do consider doing this. Very few people in the game today stick around at one team for this long. And yes, we know about some of the legendary players of the game itself who have spent so much time at places like Barcelona. And his time came to an end there too, didn't it? This very same summer. But there are few in the English game who stay around in one team's dugout for so long. And you can probably count those on one hand these days. Troy Deeney is one of them. Troy There's so much more to talk about with Mr. Deeney (laughs) and say about Troy, but the clips you're going to be hearing during the course of this podcast episode, perhaps say it better than I could, because they come from the man himself. And I want to wish Troy and his family all the very best going forward. Everybody who knows Troy Deeney much better than I do, but particularly to his family, can really be proud of him. And I hope that he is proud too. All the best, dear Captain. You've you've represented us well. And more than that, you were a top man and you still are. All the very best of luck to you at your new home, your true home, Birmingham City. I'm wishing you all the best, sir. Troy, thank you very much. We cannot possibly repay you for all that you have done, except to say thank you, thank you, thank you.
Welcome back to this brand new episode of Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. For those of you who have not heard the nearly four minute message that Troy Deeney posted on social media on Monday, August the 30th, 2021, his farewell message to Watford Football Club and to Watford fans. Here is that message in its entirety for you to listen to right now. It's weird being asked to express my feelings for Watford Football Club and the emotions attached to leaving this wonderful place. I feel sadness and a loss, similarly to like losing a family member. I feel excitement about my new journey and what's to come in the future. Most of all, I feel tremendous pride of what I've achieved over the last 12 years and the friendships and connections we've made with people, staff, fans. Watford has literally changed my life. In my book, I've spoken about the things that have gone on in my life and the changes that have happened at this place, not only with me, but with the club as well. And I hope that when you read that, you'll understand why I'm the way I am and who I am. And with that, who we are and why we're connected so well. Watford is a small place on planet Earth. But during my troubled times, it was the epicenter of my world. I couldn't have wished for better supporters to be holding me up through the bad times. I've truly been honoured to be captain of this football club and represent you fans on the football pitch. While there will always be some frustrations and regrets along this long 12-year journey, when it all comes to an end, all that will happen is positive memories, great memories, from goals to games to just being able to walk out in front of all you guys on, on a match day. All the memories that I have at this place are not only with me, but now my kids. So when it's my kid's first birthday, I can remember Miles being at a game. And my youngest son, Clay, the first memory of him would be being here and the missus going into to labour after we beat Man United and she was a little bit excited. Watford has changed over the 12 years of me being here from the fabric and the underpinning of Graham Taylor, Sir Alton John, and legends like Luther Blissett, John Barnes, and many, many others. So I've captained the club with those great people, all been before me, someone who gives me chills and tremendous pride. Gino and the Pozzo family have taken that mantle on and pushed this club beyond our wildest dreams. Who would have thought 10 years ago would be in the position that we're in now? To develop such a professional, and well-run organisation is something that I'm really proud to have been a part of and now continue to watch from the side as a fan. It's difficult to call a chairman and a CEO a friend, but Scott Duxby, you've helped me out so many times. You stood by me when others hadn't, and I hope you can see I'm really grateful for everything that you've ever done for me. You're a great man. Probably the person who's had my back the most, sometimes even when I didn't deserve it. So thank you, mate. I hope people realise the great job that these guys do behind the scenes. The water players play really well and we get all the adulation. There's a lot of people behind the scenes that do wonderful work. Last but certainly not the least, to you guys, the fans. You've been amazing and I can honestly say from the bottom of my heart, I love you all. 
You've taken me into your heart, and I can never ever repay that. Thank you. This club is now in my heart forever, and I hope you know I left everything on the pitch every single time I played. I never cut corners, and I tried to give you the best version of me every single time. Thank you. He certainly did not cut corners. Troy Deeney, in a video message that was released on August the 30th, 2021. When this Yuan's edition returns, some more from Troy Deeney and reflections on what you've just heard. That message you heard prior to the break was one of the most heartfelt messages, surely, that you've ever heard from a footballer leaving a club. I can't think of one in recent memory that has been as heartfelt and as sincere and as genuine as that one was from Troy Deeney, who left Watford Football Club right near the end of August of 2021. It wasn't something that caught many of us by surprise. We all knew this day would come, but yet still, the sadness is there. And Troy's message was as great as you could expect it to be, as beautiful as you could expect it to be, from someone who has a big heart and who sacrificed so much during his time at Watford, so much that many of us, all of us, almost all of us, will never know just how much. I again want to wish him and his family all the very best and a brand new opportunity awaits Troy at Birmingham City and I'm actually very happy for him as he goes to the club that he loves the most and the longest and the town he's from. So I am really happy for him and I do wish him the very best at Birmingham City, of course, unless he comes up against his former club. What you're about to hear now is an excerpt from Louis Theroux's show on BBC Sounds. He interviewed Troy Deeney in October of 2020. And here in this clip, you will be hearing Troy Deeney speak about his time in prison. My mum works for Network Rail. So she went into the train station and the local paper had a picture of me and my brother on the front of it and said, footballer sentenced to jail kind of thing. And everyone in her office was talking about it. She was just ashamed and I was like, I'm meant to be the one who protects you as we spoke about earlier on in it. And I'm the one now embarrassing you. So that was a big thing. And then I was in Winston Green Jail for a few weeks and a lot of the people in there either grew up with or knew my dad. And I was in the gym. Two of the guys that I knew from the pub come up to me and just went... Because I'd, I'd lost my dad as well, to give people context. I buried my dad on the Friday and went to jail on the Monday. After an illness, right? Yeah, my dad got cancer of the esophagus, which killed him in, like, six weeks. Really? So I kind of went in there with a sense of, I'll be all right, because one of my friends was on the same wing as me and other guys that knew my dad was obviously around the prison. So I kind of went in there like, I'll be all right. What happened when I was in the gym was guys come up to me and literally went, if I didn't have so much respect for your dad, I would slap you all over the place right now. And I was kind of like, huh? Why? You're living everyone's dream and you f***ed it up to want to be tough on a night out. 
you're an embarrassment. You've got to understand how big of an opportunity you've got, not only for you, but to show young kids from around our area that they don't have to be like us. Yeah, a lot of people put me straight because, again, I thought I was the cool kid. Everyone would speak nicely to me and we'd kind of get along. But people just told me I was an idiot and that's what I needed. That was a clip from Grounded with Louis Theroux on BBC Sounds. That was from October of 2020. Troy Deeney talking about his time in prison. I'm now going to introduce a few clips in succession here. These are short clips of Troy Deeney in various news settings, whether it's on a talk show or a post-match show or as a pundit. And I think Troy Deeney, he has a number of careers he can line up after he hangs up his football boots. One of them could be coach or manager because he certainly is a leader and knows the game inside and out. He already has his coaching badges, by the way. I should mention that. One of them could be as a pundit. Now, that's not a full-time job necessarily for him, but it's certainly something he can do. He's done it many a time, and he's been very, very good all the time that he has done it. And he's a podcaster as well right now. He's done that with Deeney Talks. Please listen to Deeney Talks. It's available on Apple and Spotify and a number of other platforms. Certainly a good listen. This particularly the episode I really... I loved all the episodes, but one... I like the two I like, Ian Wright and Elton John. He speaks to both of them separately. And the conversational aspect of those podcast episodes is really good. Troy is an excellent conversationalist. He's very natural about his conversations with people who he obviously knows, but the rapport on a podcast between he and Elton and he and Ian is just so easy breezy. And that's that's just the measure of someone who is very confident about himself and very relaxed in conversation for anything, including a podcast. And so you've got to listen to Deeney Talks. That is his podcast, Troy's podcast, which is available on Apple, certainly, and uh, I believe on a number of other platforms. But what I want to get to first here is a moment from Troy Deeney as a pundit when he talks about, well... Why don't I just play this for you? The amount of injuries that Liverpool already have, it could have been one that he missed out, would be what I would say. He could have easily not gone. That would have helped everybody else out. But I would say, I, I, again, I would, I would be more hesitant to say, why, why, why haven't Liverpool requested that he doesn't go, this one? As you said, it's a friendly, just, there's not a great deal of any importance of it, other than, as I said earlier, team chemistry, getting used to what the team's going to do, looking forward to to the uh, summer summer competitions. I just I just don't know why Liverpool didn't just say, no, no, we're going to re- refuse you to go to this one because of the current crisis. I don't think anyone could complain. That was Troy Deeney on Talk Sport a few years ago. Next clip I want to play for you is going to be the one post-match Arsenal, where Watford defeated Arsenal two goals to one in the Premier League at Vicarage Road in 2017 this was i think november of 2017 october or november of that year arsene wenger was still manager of arsenal and this was troy deeney on the post match on bt sport here is the first of two clips this one on leadership how are you feeling and that was a nice little 30 minute cameo wasn't it 
Yeah, not something I want to get used to, though. No. Uh, <laughs> I, used to, I want to be playing. But um, no, the gaffer made his decision. He tried to expose uh, Mertesacker with Andre's pace. And you know, then he put me on towards the end and let the big battering ram do his job and did all right for a change. So, yeah, I just want to be back and back in the gym tomorrow, get ready for a big week trying to prove that I can start next week. Yeah, tell us how tricky it is when you're, you're the leader at a football club and you have been the leader here for a number of seasons. It's clear today how much they love you. How difficult is it when you are not leading on the pitch? You, know what, you have to put your selfishness to, the, to, to one side because yeah. I'm the leader because I don't let my own ego get bigger than the team. So um, we just spoke off air about certain players for Arsenal that I think could do with that because I don't think I'm better or I deserve a place just because I've been here for X amount of years. You still got to earn it. And um, there's a transfer window every six months, so I should have to prove myself every six months, yeah. otherwise I'll be out. So the club's moving forward. I can't stand still, and that's what I want to do. In that clip, you heard Dini's characteristic honesty. And Troy, ever the honest man that he is, ever the honest person that he is, and that's something that is very refreshing about him. You do not see that very much in this game anymore, or very much from many people in life, generally speaking. And Troy Deeney, though, is always nothing, is nothing if, but, if, if not honest. I mean, he is someone who lets you know exactly how he thinks and feels about things. And I think that that's a good thing in an era and age where footballers can be quite guarded and unapproachable and unattainable in any kind of way. And the game has changed so much over the decades and generations. And as I said earlier, Troy Deeney is indeed a throwback. That was actually November of 2017 in the post-match interview on a BT Sport. Here's part two of that on BT Sport. In November of 2017, Troy Deeney going in-depth on Arsenal for the next three minutes or so. And he talks about the opponent that he and Watford have just defeated at that time in November of 2017 by a score of two goals to one, coming from behind to beat Arsenal with those goals, one of them scored by Dini, the other one scored by Tom Cleverley late on in the game. I think personally, full speed, I thought it was a foul. And I think if it was the other end, gives it, and no one says a word. Yeah. No one says, well, we've had two against Man City that we should have had in the first half, weren't given. No one says anything because it's little old Watford against the big boys. But if it's the other way around and we, we were winning, and let's just say Man City or Arsenal in this case, end up losing the game. I've heard Wenger's already started blaming that's the reason they lost. Well, I'm not going to be one to tell Mr Wenger about himself, but there's a reason they lost and it wasn't because of one penalty. What do you think it was? Um, I have to watch what I say on, on leave, but yeah. having a bit of... <laughs> Cajones, I think the word is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, having a bit of nuts. I think you can get away with that. Yeah, yeah having a bit of nuts. Just having a bit of... Whenever I play Arsenal, and this is just a personal... Yeah. Whenever I play against Arsenal, I'll go up and I think, let me whack the first one and let's see who wants it. Yeah. And I come on today, jumped up with Mertesacker. I didn't even have to jump, actually. Nod it down, the crowd gets up. Yeah, we've got someone who can win it. And they all just backed off. So for me as a player, that, I just go, huh, happy days, because that's my strength. So if you're going to let me do my strength against you... You're going to have a tough afternoon. Well, I hope the you Arsenal, must hate I, to hear that, though. Well, you I, must I, hate to I, hear I hope that. the Arsenal players are listening, because I'll tell you, if I, my, my blood would be boiling if I was yeah. hearing that. Because the one thing I have to, I have to guarantee is that I'm up for a battle, mm -hmm. and I'm going to take, be confrontational. And I have to... You've got to repel that, that kind of 
attitude from opposition because that's what happens mm -hmm. and that's how Watford got back into this game today and that was a given for the team that I played in and if it's missing from the current group Wenger has to seriously examine that you wonder whether that's ever really been replaced that element of the game because you look at the types of the Vieiras and people were very physically yep. strong and it's okay have they gone too technical did was watching that's, Barcelona on a Sunday night with his dinner mm -hmm. on his lap watching was that this was that the pinnacle for him and it went too technical because Arsenal gone away I thought that the start 11 yeah. was quite a strong 11, yeah. but when Welbeck went off, they lost some of that industry. I, I just think, personally, there's, um, there's an element of that's the equaliser for me, personally. I know I'm not technically gifted like they are, I'm not as quick, I'm not, but that's, if you want to fight with me, I'm going to beat you all day. Mm -hmm. So if you want to come into my world and do that, you can do that, but you've got to be at a level that your excellence of keeping the ball, being faster, getting in the right positions are all... 10 out of 10s, because my equaliser is I'm big, I'm strong, I do all the ugly stuff you don't want to do, and I'm going to make it horrible for you. And in the end, that won out, because yeah. Arsenal didn't pass the ball well enough, they didn't create mm -hmm. enough, and they had the chances to finish the game off, but didn't have the quality. Yeah. Or the ruthlessness, I heard you say that before I came in. If I think you touched on Man City, but I don't think there's many teams, the top teams, the elite teams, that would have the chance that Ozil had, and be so naive and just nonchalant with it. You mean nonchalant with his reaction to missing it? No, we've, we've to finish. Yeah. You've got. To, I'm I'm an old school Arsenal. I love watching Arsenal. My son's an Arsenal fan. So Wright, you don't miss those. No. Yeah. Thierry don't miss those. Even Petit, Vieira, Mers, they go through. They're it's ruthless. Not a lack of talent. So what is no, it? It's ruthless because I, I think this is what I'm, it starts from behind them. I think if they would have missed it when any of you boys were playing, you'd be like, hey, finish that. Mm. It's a mentality. He missed missed it and it was like, oh, we'll get another one. Unfortunately, this is the Premier League now and everyone's catching up, but you don't get another one. The next two clips, I'm going to play you one after the other. So the first one you're going to hear is from Troy Deeney speaking about a certain player at Watford. You have to listen to this one. It is from 2018 on the Monday Night Football Show on Sky Sports with Jamie Carragher as one of the two other voices that you will hear in addition to Troy's. And following that, on the same program, a clip with Troy Deeney talking about a certain person that you also know very well from Watford. Who's the best player you've ever played with? I'm going to give him a lot of credit, but I'm going to have to say Maxi Pereira. People don't realise how good this kid is. He's played in Champions League finals and things like that. And people look at it like we've just found him out off the street. You know, like when Richarlison left, it was like, oh God, how are we going to replace him? But Maxi, he's, he's frightening for me. He can do anything. And you know he's coming inside at his right foot, but you can't stop so him. Have you found the best position for him now on that Watford team, do you think? I think, yeah, just out on the left. But it's, it's also, it's the hard work that he does. You know, people don't see, he's, he's getting back. He's, he's doing all sorts. He's in, he's in our own box helping out. But he's got that extra quality, and for a team like us, you need you need little sprinkles of magic like that. It would be him or Nate Chalobah a bit of two for me. Well, you were talking about Chalobah earlier, mm -hmm. off camera, I have to say, when we were talking about those players who who maybe taken the decision either to go to a big club, mm -hmm. a bigger club yep. for, from a, a top six outfit, and then you got Chalobah who who went from Chelsea to Watford. And a lot of people raised their eyebrows at that, rightly mm -hmm. or wrongly. But but tell us about him. <sighs> Unbelievable footballer. You know someone that just just makes football look easy. No matter what he's doing, he, he's just gliding, he's effortless. And uh, he's learning. And I think this, this injury experience will will show 
what he's really made of. Like even today, he's playing in under 23s games. He doesn't have to do that. Could have easily took the day off like, like the rest of the lads, but he's in. Played under 23s game and he'll be in tomorrow trying to trying to better himself. And he hasn't come to Watford. I hope you don't mind me saying it's just to come to Watford just to go. All right, I'm happy to settle here. I can play and I'll be the man. He wants to do that and kick on again and show why he, why he was at Chelsea in the first place. Is that a surprise for you? Because a lot of the time now we talk about players at the biggest clubs, the younger players, and when they move on, it doesn't seem that actually players or supporters mm. or managers are that impressed with what they actually get. They're expecting a lot more. Mm-hmm. Has that been a big thing? Not just his ability, but his actual attitude to come to Watford, as you say, yeah. and think, I'm going to make a goal over here. Yeah, and I think he's... He's still a kid in terms of his learning and he's growing into his body and stuff. But his mentality is very much like a man. He's he, he coming through a, a hard school at Chelsea, John Terry's, Drogba, Lampard. They're not letting him cut corners. So he's still edged in that way and he's still trying to progress. And mm. I just think he's, I think he's an unbelievable footballer. But mentally, I think people are really going to see a different side to him uh, when he comes back this final, season. Final word on him. How good can he be, do you think? Again, sorry, Nate, I don't want to put you under too much yeah. pressure, but I think in 18 months' time, if he's playing week in, week out, you're talking about a £50 million player. Easy. Wow. <laughs> What's your favourite Elton John song? I think Graham Sunnis' was Candle in the Wind, and uh, Craig Bellamy said Tiny Dancer. I'm going to... Sorry, I'm, 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 it's not really my music, but I've said the one off The Lion King. I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> Should have been on the Lion King. You were in it, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely got two like the Lion. <laughs> Tell us, Troy. I mean, we, we, we made quite a song and dance uh, yeah. to coin a phrase about about <laughs> about Sir Elton being at the game yeah. against Spurs. How involved is he? Does he come and see the players when he when he comes to games? Yeah, he comes and uh, you know comes into the dressing room and brings brings his kids in and stuff and meets everybody before the game. Gives us a bit of a pep talk as well. He's, he's very intelligent when it comes to football. People just think he's a musician, but he loves his football. And um, his money actually obviously bought me to come to the club at the start. He did a, a charity concert, which then raised the proceeds to, to, to get me in. So, so yeah, one, so I owe him a little bit, yeah. But um, I think I've repaid him enough yeah. now. <laughs> of course you have. <laughs> Jamie Carragher is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> he was asking... Troy Deeney, if he if he was in the Lion King, <laughs> and Troy Deeney, Troy Deeney was cracking up. <laughs> that was really funny stuff. That was uh, Troy Deeney talking about <laughs> his favorite Elton John song. Oh dear, every time I think of that. Every time I think about that, I just absolutely crack up. That clip is one of the ones I really wanted to share with you because it just makes me laugh. It just, <laughs> the two of them, Carragher and Dini, <laughs> it's just hilarious stuff. Um, anyway, <laughs> this episode of Yawns will continue right after this. Yeah. 
here's one other clip I think that you'll appreciate. This is part of an interview done for Channel 4 by Robbie Lyle. Of course, you remember and know Robbie Lyle well. He is the architect of Arsenal Fan TV, the big-hearted personality and big-time Arsenal fan, sat down with Troy Deeney in 2018 on his own show on Channel 4 to talk to the living Watford legend. It's Robbie here for the Real Football Fan Show. I'm here with a legend. <laughs> you're a, what are you laughing for? You're a legend, man. Watford legend, Troy Deeney, captain of Watford. Thank you. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just Troy. I'm just Troy, the normal person that happens to play football. That's about it. You know what? First of all, I've got to say, you have an outstanding season at the moment. Um, sitting high in the league. What, what, what's the aim for Watford this year? Top four? <laughs> no, that's what... It's funny, like, because from, from our perspective, obviously, you see the so-called pundits and it's like we're supposed to be... I think we were favourite to be relegated, second favourite to be relegated. I think the manager was the first on all the bookmakers to be sacked and stuff. So, like, people give us a lot of um, fuel to the fire for pre-season because we were, like, kind of felt a bit disrespected in terms of, like, you're just writing us off like we're not... I think it's our fourth, maybe our fifth season in the Prem now. And people are kind of writing us off. So we've had a great, great summer. Um... And yeah, just did a lot of work, man. Like everyone's eating really good. We changed all the food, way we're training. Like we're training a little bit later now and stuff. So mm. all these different things that's been fought out, and, and thankfully it's shown in the performances. Brilliant performances. I mean, your performance the other day against Tottenham, mm-hmm. Tottenham, that, that that was brilliant. I mean, I really enjoyed that. I mean, and the strength and pace and you know tenacity you showed in that game was brilliant. Yeah, the boys, the boys are digging in. And you know what we've got now? We've got a real belief that we are fitter than most teams. And I know it's, it's early doors to do, feel like that. But when you're going into games full of confidence in terms of you've done all the right preparation. Like I've said, it was a goal down. And a lot of times in the past, we probably would have folded against a, you know, a, a bigger team. We would have went, ah, like we lost it already. But the boys, literally from that goal, we just kicked on and went, right, let's have a goal then. And I think that's what, that's what we're feeling real good about that because it's always like, even though we'd won the three before, it was like, oh, you, you only beat Burnley. Oh, you only beat um, Crystal Palace. Like, people were kind of downplaying the fact that it's tough to go to Burnley and get a decent result. It's tough to play Palace at any time. So, um, yeah, we got their results. And uh, now it's kind of, we've got the confidence with it and people are giving us a little bit of respect. But we, our job now is to just feet on the ground and keep working. Yeah. Now, listen, on our show, it's all about football fans. Yep. And obviously... Watford legend, Watford captain, but what is the team that you supported from you as a kid? What, what's your team? My team's Birmingham City. Um, was there when we beat you guys at, at Wembley? Why do you have to come and say that? I'm now? just saying. I'm before the Martins <laughs> with the tapping. I'm uh, actually I'm, I'm on video, like yeah, cause I'm, yeah, because I was I was I was here then actually. That would have been what four or five years ago, and uh, yeah, I was here. But I'm in a suit, like going mad. Yeah. And, um, Scotty Daniel I used to play with at Warsaw. He was obviously that blues. He's on crutches, and like we just had a little embrace. It was, it's a good day. It's a good day for us. Yeah, what a good day! It was, <laughs> it was, it was a good day. But um, yeah. So, the team that you go to, and the fans give you the most stick. Where's that? <laughs> it's a tough one. It was always Aston Villa, obviously for the rivalry with yeah. Blues, and um, I scored. Scored three in the season that they got relegated. I remember one time, yeah. and you milked it as well, oh, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they were giving me like this, the kind of person I am. I enjoy banter and, like, and I enjoy people giving me stick because I can. Not only can I take it, I can give it back. So like in Birmingham, it was kind of. I knew if we didn't win or if I didn't score, 
like, like I couldn't go to any pub. Like, you know, like I was just gonna get ripped. So um, yeah, that was that. That was a bit of back and forth. But then obviously now it's got the, the whole Arsenal thing because of the the stuff we did last season. But um, I enjoyed that game. I like I genuinely buzzed off that game. You 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 like it, innit? You love yeah. when you love when you're getting a load of stick. You like that banter, don't you? Yeah, of course. And uh, it makes me like want to sh- shove it in your face a bit more. But also I've got I'm humble enough that like. You know, like when we lost, I, I come on your show and stuff. After I spoke to you boys down, yeah, downstairs, yeah. I don't, I don't hide from it. Like when I'm, when I'm good, I'm good. When I'm bad, I'm still good. So um, yeah, for me, I just mm. you gotta be able to take it at it. So it's all bad at the end of the day. No one's gonna put their hands on me, and I'm not gonna put their hands on anybody else. So let's just promote some peace at it. Next, the two biggest moments of Troy Deeney's Watford career. <laughs> Welcome back to the You Owns Podcast. I'm Omar Moore. I'm now going to play you two clips. Arguably, these are the two biggest moments from Troy Deeney's Watford career. In fact, I would say that the second moment is the biggest of the two. Many Watford fans, many fellow Watford fans would probably disagree with my assessment. But listen to these two moments. First, this one from 2013 at Vicarage Road, the semi-final of the playoffs to get to Wembley for a chance to get to the Premier League. Knockout takes, Almunia saves, knockout follows in, Almunia saves again! Absolutely astonishing. Now here come Watford. Forestieri. Here's Hogg! Deeney! Do not scratch your eyes. You are really seeing the most extraordinary finish here. It almost mirrors the final day. With the very last kick of this playoff semi-final, Troy Deeney wins it for Watford and sends them to Wembley. Well, we talked about Troy Deeney being an influence in this game, and that is exactly what he has been. But to me, not justice has been done in terms of the penalty. I didn't feel it was a penalty, so knockout, not scoring, I felt was right. But you talk about a team that just doesn't give up, that keeps going, that keeps believing. Almunia, the hero at one end, and within 10 seconds, how quickly do Watford come straight down the other and talk about being positive, about believing in yourselves. They just keep going, they keep the ball alive. And Troy Deeney has covered an awful lot of ground. Jonathan Hogg does quite brilliantly here to knock this back. Composure, you betcha. What a finish this is. And well, it looks like Watford are going to Wembley. That was certainly one of the most memorable moments in Watford football history. As Troy Deeney smashed home that winner in injury time of the playoff semi-final against Leicester City. And the way that that happened was the drama that caused Watford fans to spill onto the pitch at the Vic. It was one of those pitch invasions that you saw coming after such a dramatic moment. But I think this next moment is even more dramatic for the time, for the stage, for the occasion, and for what was riding on it. This is from April of 2019 at Wembley, the semi-final of the FA Cup. Watford Football Club against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Deeney is the recognised penalty taker. He usually goes for power. 
such drama in the second semi-final. This goes in, and we go to extra time. And in it goes. Dini delivers in one of the big moments of a great Watford career. And you can see what it means. It's D-Day for the club just up the road. Taylor Feo, then Dini, and that 2-0 Wolves lead has gone up in a puff of smoke. Well, you said he was going to hit him in power. He certainly did that. What a moment that was. Troy Dini smashing home the penalty. That is maximum pressure and a maximum clutch performance from one of the great players ever to put on a shirt for Watford Football Club. Troy Deeney certainly belongs in the pantheon of Watford legends. There is no question about it. His place is safe and secure. Troy Deeney's penalty against Wolves was the ultimate pressure cooker. And to do that on the biggest stage in English football in front of 90,000 fans, half of them Watford Football Club fans, and with everything riding on that penalty kick, if he scores... Watford go to extra time. If he misses, Watford lose and crash out of the FA Cup at the semi-final stage. As you saw, or at least as you now know, and you may have been there on the day, and as you have just heard once again, Troy Deeney made it count in a big-time pressure situation for Watford, sending the team to extra time at Wembley and the Gerard Delafeo goal that would be scored in extra time that would put Watford FC in the FA Cup final. Now, of course, we all know what happened in the FA Cup final, and I was among many Watford fans like you who got a front row seat to it at Wembley Stadium itself. It was a forgettable result on the pitch, but being with fellow Watford fans was everything and more than worth the trip. When I come back, it's on to one more Dini appreciation. I think you'll like this. Welcome back to Yours. I'm Omar Moore. And now it's time for a brand new giveaway. The Yuan's Troy Deeney Appreciation Giveaway. I will be giving away two signed copies of Troy Deeney's brand new memoir entitled Redemption, My Story. Two copies of the book signed by the living legend himself, Troy Deeney. One female winner and one male winner will receive a copy of the book. The book is available from September the 30th, 2021. This giveaway is in effect right now for the next week. This episode is being released on September the 3rd, 2021. So you have one week until the giveaway is officially announced the following week to make sure you enter this particular contest. In fact, the giveaway, I should say, is going to be announced, the winners announced, on the 9th of September. So you've got less than a week 
from the release of this podcast on September 3rd, 2021 to enter the contest. What you must do in order to be eligible to have this chance to win a signed copy of Troy Dini's memoir is to retweet the tweet that will be pinned to the Yuan's WFC Twitter account. Make sure you retweet that particular tweet that is pinned there and make sure you also follow the Yuan's WFC account on Twitter. If you want to increase your chances of winning the book, be sure also to like the post on Instagram that I will have up there shortly. And don't forget to also follow on Instagram, Yuan's WFC. That is if you want to increase your chances of winning. The contest is underway right now. So be sure to enter and follow the rules carefully, won't you please? You may be subject to a customs charge depending on your country's laws. The rules are also posted on the Yuan's WFC Twitter account. Good luck. Next, a look at Watford women as they take on Liverpool this weekend. Come and support the Golden Girls this season in the Championships. Get your season tickets now. That was the captain of Watford FC women, Helen Ward, affectionately known as Wardy imploring all of you to get on board and get season tickets now for the Watford FC women. Their first home game of the season is on Saturday, September the 4th, 2021. It kicks off at 2 p.m. local time at Vicarage Road when the Watford FC women will take on Liverpool. That will be an exciting game to watch. The Golden Girls came off of their first game of the brand new season in the championship, a 2-1 defeat at Durham, but the performance was a fighting one, a confident one, a determined one, especially in the second half of the game. They scrapped and they fought their way back, but it wasn't quite enough on the day as Durham held on to a 2-1 victory over Watford FC. Flow 5 scored an absolutely brilliant goal. And I've talked about it before on this podcast. You really do need to see that goal. It was not ultimately, though, enough to give Watford a share of the points on the day. But Watford FC women can take heart from this performance and build upon it. And the manager, Clinton Lancaster, will be wanting more from his team on a Saturday against Liverpool. So if you are in town at the Vic, be sure to come to the game. And support the Golden Girls. Get behind the ladies. And make sure that you are on at Vicarage Road to cheer them on against Liverpool. All the very best of luck to the Golden Girls on Saturday. Next, a look at the transfer window for Watford and evaluating how successful it was. Come and support the Golden Girls this season in the Championships. Get your season tickets now.
Welcome back to this episode of Ewolds. Fellow Watford fans, what did you think of this transfer window for Watford FC? I thought this summer transfer window went very well indeed for Watford Football Club, and I would say that it's one of the best transfer windows they've had in a number of years. I think Gino and the board did very well. If I had to give them a number out of 10, I'd give them an 8 for this transfer window. They brought in a number of players in a number of key positions, mostly in midfield, where there were abilities to make the squad deeper and to make the squad more aggressive in the midfield area and steal and stiffen up the midfield, which was desperately needed after the departure of players like Etienne Capou and a number of others over the last few seasons. Etienne Capou actually played for Watford during this past season that they spent in the championship before he ended up going off to Villarreal. We've had several other departures since then, of course. Will Hughes, one of the most recent ones from midfield, he departed on Saturday just before the deadline day came the following Tuesday in August of 2021. Will Hughes went off to Crystal Palace of all places and that was in a four-day stretch that had a lot of Watford activity. The following day on Sunday, Watford played Tottenham Hotspur and in a spirited performance ended up getting defeated one goal to nil at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Musa Sissoko played in his debut for Watford in that game. And the very next day, Monday, August the 30th, 2021, saw the departure of Troy Deeney. And on that very same day, it was the 99th anniversary of Watford's first game at the Vic. And then the following day, Tuesday, deadline day, August the 31st, 2021, it was the departure and farewell of Nathaniel Chalabar, heading off to Fulham and to Marco Silva, the former Watford manager. Domingos Kina also joined Chalabar, but he departed on loan, whereas Chalabar was a permanent signing for Fulham. It seemed too quick. Chalabar had been here at least three seasons, and it just went by so quickly. He was really important to Watford in the championship, especially last season. He will be missed, and I say to Nate Chalabar, thank you very much for your professionalism and your endless and tireless hard work on and off the pitch at Watford Football Club. We hope to see Domingos Kina in a Watford shirt someday because he has bags of potential and he has shown it in the brief time he has been at Vicarage Road. We'll see if he does get to play for Watford again after this season is over. That it's been that kind of last few days and had been those last few days in August for Watford with Troy Deeney's departure among them as the biggest part of that that certainly has put this club now in a different place. I think Gino and the board have done exactly what they envisioned that they would do is to eliminate some of the bigger contracts and make sure that the team was getting strengthened at the proper positions and that there was no hold-up in that happening. The midfield looks very good now with some really solid professional players 
people who are technicians, people who are very rough and rugged and able to go in for the challenge, and people who have lots of pace like Musa Sissoko. I think that these are key acquisitions that are going to serve the club well. Musa Sissoko is a veteran, as is Uraj Kuchka, and both of them played well at Tottenham Hotspur in the last Premier League game just before the international break. You've got Ozan Tufan, who is uh, coming soon to Watford. He will be coming after the international break. And there are other players in the midfield who will probably get healthier. Hopefully, Dan Gosling will be one of those. And you've got Tom Cleverley now as the Watford captain. Expect him to be the Watford captain for the remainder of this season. Watford have an array of strikers to choose from now as well. Josh King came in. Also, we saw Ashley Fletcher come in. He scored his first Watford goal in the 1-0 win over Crystal Pass in the Carabao Cup in August. We also have seen the arrival of Emmanuel Dennis, someone that Watford have taken a chance on. And Dennis has not disappointed at all in any of the games he's played. He's been sharp. He's been alert. He's been relentless, working on and off the ball, chasing every possession to try to get the ball back for Watford. And when he goes forward, he is a real, real looker and certainly someone who looks like he's going to score on every chance he gets. Dynamic, quick, fast, aggressive and tenacious. Emmanuel Dennis has certainly brought something different to this Watford club in the strike force. And I haven't even mentioned Cucho yet. Cucho Hernandez. After four years in the waiting and in the making, Cucho Hernandez has had an instant impact at Watford, scoring on his Premier League debut literally less than a minute on the pitch with a sensational whirlwind goal against Aston Villa at the Vic. Cucho brings extra energy and dynamism in that front line, and he looks that he is going to be an absolutely top-notch player. Ismail Asar continues to do what he does. We almost take him for granted now, it seems. And he continues to do the business down that right side, absolutely leaving defenders in his wake. He is such an important player to Watford, and he will be very important to Watford this season. The only area where Watford have not done enough is in defence. Matty Pollock was loaned out on deadline day for his season. And it leaves me thinking about the defence and what the board thinks that they can do with that defence. Of course, Peter Atebo is a holding midfielder. He's one of the most important signings that Watford got during this summer transfer window. But it's the fact that Watford have not done anything to upgrade their defence or at least bolster it that does have me worrying just a small bit. Now, before much of this transfer window activity even happened, I had Watford doing well in the Premier League this season, well enough to finish 11th. I stand by that now, and I've seen nothing that would give me any reason to change my prediction. And why would I change my prediction anyway? I made it before the season started, and I'm, of course, obviously going to stick with it. As we are in the international break at the moment, Watford stand in 12th place, winning one and losing two. And apart from the Brighton game, Watford's performances have been very good. And that is something to build upon. 
as the next game out in the Premier League will be home against Wolves. I'm wondering if the board thinks that waiting until January to do something in the defence is the best idea. Clearly what I think the board has gambled on is that they have enough in the front line and in the midfield to get by and that Watford are going to outscore their opposition. What does worry me slightly about that is that Watford have conceded in every game thus far in the Premier League in the first three they've played this season. And one of the important things in the Premier League is to be able to keep clean sheets. Very important indeed to the survival of any football club in the Premier League. Watford have certainly been able to get more than enough in the striking department that I think will suffice. But at the back, that's the one thing I am concerned about. Just mildly concerned. The defence has not been a real liability at all during these first three games. Just moments of individual switching off that were key. The defensive partnership between William Troost Akong and Francisco Sierra Alta has been great so far. In just one game out, they have shown how steady they are. Troost Akong, I think, has been the best defender on the team, even though sometimes, of course, like everybody, he is prone to one or two mistakes. Nobody is perfect. Troost Akong himself made a mistake during the Brighton game. Adam Messina, who is the left back who is starting for Watford in the Premier League, has made a mistake or two. I think that Danny Rose needs to start in the left back position at Watford. But Cisco Munoz, who is the head coach, does not agree, at least not yet. But all in all, as I said before, 8 out of 10 for the transfer window. I would have rated it even higher had they brought in some new defenders. But for now, we'll see how Watford get by. I'm very confident that Watford will finish in 11th place, right in mid-table. We will see what happens in January in the transfer deadline then, whether or not Watford will be getting some defenders. And of course, it will all depend upon what the injury picture looks like at the club. 8 out of 10 for me for the Watford transfer window this summer. And what's your number out of 10? for how Watford did in the transfer market this summer. I really would like to know. Let me know at WFC on Twitter. That's it for this episode of Yuorns. I'm Omar Moore. And until next time, yee.